Welcome to the Small Business Growth Podcast with me, your host, Maddie Giordano. We will talk all things business, branding, and social media marketing so you can turn your passion into success, whether that be a clothing store, a yoga studio, an online coaching business, or whatever lights that fire inside of you. Here, you will find tons of quality information so you can crush your goals, build your business, and make more moolah. Sound good? Let's jump on in. Hey, Molly, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me, Maddie. Yes, I'm so excited to chat all things hiring, firing, manage a team. Molly is awesome and such a specialist at that. Molly, can you just kind of introduce yourself, what your story is and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my business is hiringandempowering.com. And by and large, I've been in business for, oh gosh, over 25 years now. And I built it organically, my entire business from blogging, podcasting. I'm a three-time Amazon bestseller. Um, And my business focuses on uh, solopreneurs, small business owners, and supporting them on what I call creating entrepreneurs in the entrepreneur's world, and really transforming the employee mindset into what I've coined as entrepreneurs. And I have a staffing side of my business as well as coaching side where I serve as a fractional CEO and CMO. Mm, Very good. And hiring is something that I get asked about really frequently because we all, a lot of times as entrepreneurs, when we start our own business, we have high expectations. We, we are ambitious ourselves. And when we start kind of growing our business our way, sometimes it's hard to outsource. Sometimes it's hard to hire somebody and watch somebody else take our business and do things a little bit differently than maybe we would do. What do you kind of say, when do you feel like is a good time to start hiring within your business? I think a good time to start hiring and just for clarification, I see hiring the exact same, whether you're doing a 1099, part-time, full-time, outsourced, uh, VMA, VA, what have you. The process, the expectations, and the key performance indicators and measurement are the exact same. So you know it's time to start hiring when you feel yourself resenting your business. And you start to feel that you, you're the bottleneck in regards to growth. When you start to feel like you own a job and you are serving as an employee versus an entrepreneur, being an innovator, being a creator, spending 80% of your time on relationship building, marketing, whether it be social media, recording podcasts, speaking opportunities, whatever it, ne- it needs and requires to be visible from lead generation or um be closing deals from a place of lead conversion, you know, it's time to hire when you cannot scale and grow. And, but yeah, you're constantly white knuckling every client because every dollar matters. Mm, Totally. And I think that's where a lot of the burnout happens is because everyone's doing all of these different things because we'd like to have it. We like it doing them our way, but at some point we kind of break and there's kind of that like, okay, like this is, this is no longer fun. I love what I'm doing, but it's too much. Correct. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes that really helped transform the way I interact with my business is to use your term, break and burnout is behind every breakdown is a breakthrough. Mm. So when you feel yourself like physically um, resisting and reacting to your business, you know, that's time where you need the power of the pause 
and you have to get really clear that you are on the brink of a breakdown. You are on the brink of a burnout. And so often I see that entrepreneurs start to question, am I cut out for this? It'd be so much easier if I just went and got a job that had quote unquote security with benefits and a guaranteed paycheck, et cetera. And I don't think that's the answer because I have seen entrepreneurs just blow up and then go get a full-time job. And then very quickly, they find out they're unemployable because they are entrepreneurial in spirit and they're abandoning their passion of why they did what they did. So get really clear when you when you start to feel yourself get into that place, just power down, step away from it and do what you have to do to get really clear on why you're doing what you're doing, reconnecting with your passion, and then make a list of all the things that you resent you know, your email, by and large, are always going to point to administrative duties, which as an entrepreneur, we're horrible at. And that's why we own our own business. So when you get really clear and you remember, oh, I totally abandoned myself as an entrepreneur. And now I'm a glorified secretary or admin assistant, then you can get clear on where you need to hire. Totally. And that's, that's such a good way to do it is just write down everything like all of your annoyances, all of your inefficiencies in your business. And if you really write down where you're spending a lot of your time, it pro- especially in the beginning is a lot of those like very admin responding to emails, responding to DMS, making marketing campaigns, things like that, that take a lot of time, but they, they take it's, it's working in your business instead of on it. Yeah. And that's my favorite exercise when people call me and I can sense it in their voice, whether they have employees right now, maybe that they resent that they're not pulling their weight, they're not performing or what have you, or they're this rugged individualist where they know they need to hire someone. Trust me, it's the scariest decision, whether it's your first hire or your 10th hire. When you bring people on into your business and then you start to delegate and you let go of control, there's no guarantee they're going to work, right? We know how expensive it is to hire, to trade, to onboard, and then people leave. Or we're put in this really tricky situation of having to fire them, which entrepreneurs are just as horrible at firing as they are as hiring because we have hearts. We feel responsible for people. So just getting really clear on your process around when to hire, who to hire, and then when to fire and how to fire. Yes. Oh my gosh. And so for my family's business that we have, we hire, cause we hire mostly college kids that are like 18 to like 27. And because they're college kids, a lot of times they come and work at my family's business for one season. And so we are hiring currently 50 people to every season, roughly 30 to 50 people, depending on how many returning staff we get. And it's just, it's a, it's an industry that has a lot of crazy turnover. And I can totally see that right now we have, we have about 50 people moving in, in about six weeks to our place. And it's kind of, it's like eerie. It's like, okay, are these people going to work out? How can we, how can we adjust things to make sure that we have a really solid staff for the season? Are we going to get people to leave kind of things like that? So I, I hear that on a very accelerated standpoint, just because we do it so, so many numbers at like one time every year. And how do you, what, what are some of your best tips to like making sure in the hiring phase, kind of taking that step-by-step in the hiring phase to make sure that those people are quality and what you're looking for? I love that question. I grew up in a family business as well. My dad owned an Irish tavern Ooh. and I'm one, one of six children and we were all worked in the tavern and I can fully appreciate 
with hiring people, especially in the, uh, you know, the, the restaurant industry yeah. and the bar industry talk about turnover, you know, people not showing up for their shifts, things of that nature. My daughter's 15 now got her first job yes. and she, she, she's so funny. She's like, so so didn't show up for their job. This person's not carrying their weight. It's, I mean, it's hilarious to hear, but I love that question because I just recently went through this at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020, I hired 13 new interns. And I hired them for legal or or for marketing. And so they did social media, blogging, things of that nature for our clients. And what I love is I hired 13 people at the same time and put them all through the exact same process. So my recommendation is you have to have a system and a process because then you're, you take all the emotionality out of it. You are making a sound business decision. So the greatest when I hired 13 people at once, I was like, oh boy, how am I going to onboard all these people? But I'm like, go back to your own model where we had a weekly call every single week. We had a daily huddle. We anchored to the systems and process. And very clearly, and it's almost a year to the date, there are three people left standing. 10 of them self-selected out. They were either fired or they quit. And it wasn't a hard decision at all because everybody got handed the same quote unquote training manual. Mm -hmm. Everybody got handed the exact same resources of time, of communication, of standards, everything. So it really made it very, very easy to not get seduced, so to speak, by like, oh, they're a really good person. Oh, they're trying really hard. Oh, you know, but they, and then we start judging them from the good enough employee. They show up on time and we start to lower our standards. We start to lower our benchmark because we know, especially like in your industry, most of us, we have the same trouble when we're hiring entry-level people we start to justify, well, they show up on time. So it's okay that they make 73 mistakes in the other areas that mm-hmm. compromise their client experience, compromise money, compromise um, all the business things that we really should use as our measuring sticks. Mm, I love that. And I think there's a lot to say, like sometimes you hear things where people are like, people aren't broken, the leadership is, and like, so you have to just work harder with them, work harder on them. What do you say to that? Because at some point we really try, you, we all really want people to work out. Like you said, they're good enough. They're really trying. Sometimes they, they have the heart, but maybe it's just the skill isn't perfectly there. What's, what do you kind of have to say to that? As like, people aren't broken, the leadership and the opportunity is. Well, I mean, you'll know if your leadership is broken, if you have people that are consistently leaving or you're having to fire, if you cannot keep one consistent employee, you know, employed within your organization, you have to take responsibility for that. So you have to really look like for your example of onboarding 50 people at once, my example of onboarding 13 people at once, and it really doesn't matter if it's one at a time or it's 13 at a time. You, if you have more than 50% that are showing up and making life easier on you, they're not delegating back up, they're coming to a constant proposed solution versus constant problems, then you know it's not you. And that what takes out, because so often as entrepreneurs, where I'll get this question, I probably got it five times this week already. Is it me? Am I a bad boss? Am I a bad leader? And I'm like, no, because here's what you, these are the standards you have in place in regards to training, in regards to communication, and in regards 
to feedback and tracking and measuring. And so you have five employees that make your life very much easier. And you're so grateful and thankful to employ them and write them a paycheck. But you have three of them that are complete disaster and suck the life out of you and make your life so much harder. So it can't it can't be that it's you as a leadership, you know, in your bones, if you are giving people, you're hiring human beings, not human doings. Mm. If you give them time, attention, and feedback, then you don't have a leadership problem. Those are the three biggest breakdowns in leadership. So often people will be like, I don't have time to train them, or they'll send me emails and saying, so and so showing up late, not showing up, what have you. I'm like, well, where are the standards? Where's the cause? Where's the effect? Where's the accountability? What type of resources are you giving them? And if you're not communicating with them and giving them time, attention, feedback, and coaching, then you do have a leadership problem. And you have to ask yourself that often authentically, can you 100% say, yes, I am showing up and delivering that as a leader? Hey guys, sorry to interrupt this killer episode. It'll be back in just a few seconds, but I've been getting some questions asking how to actually start bringing in consistent sales using social media. So I created a free training explaining the exact framework you need to follow to market your business without fancy setups or a huge audience or any of that stuff. We talk about the key missing element in your marketing strategy, what you need to be focusing on, the mistakes you're making, and the entire step-by-step process of my proven growth framework framework that I use with my clients as well as my own strategy. Start feeling more confident about how you are attracting sales to your profile. Link is in the show notes to claim this training. All right, back to the episode. Yeah, the time, attention, and feedback. I like that a lot. And I think like, at least, like, like I said, I've said it a couple of times, like as entrepreneurs, we like what we do. Um, I hear it like a lot is like, but I, I just really like things done my way. And my mother bless her heart, but is so <laughs> like this. And we have the conversation all the time is like we have high expectations. And is there a difference between, or like, where is the line really? I know there's a difference between having high expectations and wanting things done to a high standard and micromanaging. It is really like micromanaging the way people are doing it, how people are doing it versus just like, we want it done this way. This is how we like it done. We do it like this for a reason and follow the, those kind of standards and procedures. I love that question. I think how you can know about standards, I love that you use that word in procedures is that if it's in writing and you can hand it to someone and they can actually follow it and be able to duplicate it. Then you know you don't have unrelenting standards. You know you're not micromanaging and you know you don't have high expectations. Again, when you have a standing meeting, weekly, daily, whatever works within your business where you're checking in on them and saying, okay, let's review what you worked on today and go through the systems in the process and see, would you have any suggestions for refinement, for up-leveling, for improvement, what have you, you open the door for people for their feedback and their insight and you actually listen to it, and you implement some of it, then you know, you're not a control freak, you know, that you don't have unrelenting standards, because it's a conversation, it's a relationship. And it's a coaching and leadership conversation, you know, when you have unrelenting standards, when you're constantly disappointed in the people that you, you have the systems and procedures, you give it to them. And then every single time you just walk around and nitpick and rip apart everything they're doing. 
And it's not based on what's in the manual. It's based on your per personal preference based on the mood that you're in for the day. <laughs> and that's what I tell people, you know that when you're micromanaging and when you do have unrelenting standards, when the rules and the standards and the systems and the process change based on which way the wind blows and how upset you are by you know the mood that you bring into the room. I always tell leaders, you're responsible for the energy you leave in the room. Mm -hmm. So honestly, a quick way to figure out if you're a control freak or a micromanager or you have lack of trust, best book I ever read was um, First Among Equals. And they talk about lack of trust. And so some entrepreneurs, I can tell in 10 minutes of getting on the phone with them, I'm like, you don't trust anyone. You are constantly looking for disappointment in your people. And so you'll know if that's the case with you when you feel it in your body, you're responsible for the energy you live in the room. You want to find out if you're a control freak. You want to find out if you have an open door policy. You want to see, find out if you are approachable to your team, ask them. Ask them, do a half day retreat with your entire team on team building and really talk about what's working and what's not working in the business and the leadership and in regards to the management. And now if everybody just shakes their head and says, yes, oh, everything's okay. And they look like a bunch of yes chicks, then you know that you haven't created a safe culture for them because you'll know if you're a control freak and a micromanager, if people just yes you all day and they shake their head, but you're not seeing the results from them. You can tell by people's body language, they stiff up when they see you, they put their head down, they just say yes, they look like a deer in the headlights and there's not a lot of healthy conversation and pushback. Mm, yes, I've, I can see that body posture, like as you describe it, <laughs> I definitely know what that, what that kind of looks like. Um, so when you have a team, like there's different things about motivating them, making them feel like they have that open door policy. How do you, like, what's your best tip for really motivating a team, making sure that they are seen and heard and that they are motivated to want to do the best for the company as well? I love that question. First and foremost, you can't motivate people. People come batteries included. So that's a hiring process breakdown. Mm. You have to make certain when you are hiring people, you're not hiring them based on their credentials and based on their resumes that you're hiring again, a human being. So you can tell when you ask the right questions in the interviewing process, how generally motivated they are, how they run their days, what they do on the weekends, you know, when they were up against a problem, how they handled it, when they didn't have the resources that they needed, what they did to get what they needed to do to get the job done. Once you hire properly and you understand that you have leaders leading leaders and you have people that come batteries included, because really, truly, that's something you cannot train. Yeah. There's such a misconception that it's up to us as um, business owners, as bosses, as leaders to motivate our people. Uh-uh. You got to hire self-governing, motivated people first and foremost. Now, once you do that, the question really becomes, how do I keep them engaged? Yeah. And how do I consistently empower them to up-level?
And so when it comes from that place is that you have to make certain that you build that in the fabric of your culture. All my clients, small business owners that I coach and consult for, that they have a weekly standing meeting with their entire team. They talk about, you know, they start every meeting, kicking it off, what's your personal and professional win? And who do you want to thank for helping you achieve what you achieved this week? They're running an agenda where everybody's really clear on what are your top goals for the week, your personal growth plan. And then every employee has a personal growth plan that's reviewed quarterly with their, even if you have a seasonal, you might want to do it weekly. All right, what are your goals for this week? You know, I want to become the best at running the zip line. And maybe I started as a cashier. They're always wanting to better themselves, even if they're with you for a month or they're with you for a year. It doesn't matter the way, you know, the, the way to success is needs a path of growth. And it needs to be clear and very um very well communicated with you in addition to your employee. So people will always, always, always take a job for less money. I've had people take $50,000 pay cuts. I've had people take demotions in um, their title and things of that nature because of the coaching and the leadership and the empowerment that is within the organization. Mm, yeah, that, that's a really good tip is the more of the empowering then you can really motivate them to do it and then the growth within. And we've seen that a lot as well. Over the years, we've implemented monthly like checkpoints because people are normally with us. They'd move in the middle of the May and then most of them go back to college in the beginning of September. So they're with us for like three, like 12 weeks mostly. And so we've every like three to four weeks, we start talking and we've really seen a greater or a lower turnover. We've seen more people feel like they have more of an empowering experience rather than just like this fun summer job. And so at what point do you feel like someone is like too far gone? Like, Hey, like we've really tried to like get you really engaged, get you really growth centered, like motivating to the best of our abilities. We've given you all of our onboarding. We've trained you and you're just like, we just haven't like, when is that like time to that someone it's time for them to go? Like, how do you identify that? When you have to have the same conversation more than twice. You know, I, I don't even believe in the three strikes you're out. I really believe when you have the first conversation, now here's the ticket, here's the magic bullet in that. When you say, okay, Bobby, Susie, whoever you're meeting with, here's what's not working right now. You are consistently making mistakes here and you are identifying it. Again, it's clear and concise. And then you have them reflect back to you to clarify and verify. This is the part that most people miss. They have the come to Jesus meeting. They sit down and the person says, okay. And they shake their head and then they walk away. But what you said, there's always three sides to his story. What you said, what he or she said, and what was really spoken. And so there's always this muddiness within that. So you can say something and they hear it very differently. So when you, when you communicate that and you have them clarify back to you, okay, so I just wanted you to clarify with me, we're on the same page. So just to repeat, you will not be late again to work anymore, right? You're very clear. Your start time is at nine o'clock, but you need to be in the building. Start time means that you are not pulling into the parking lot. 
Start time means that you are at your post or whatever it might be at nine o'clock, knowing that by the time you park your car, you walk in, you put your stuff in your locker, you punch in. It's a 10 minute process before you're at your post. So you're really clear. You're going to be in the parking lot at 850 and starting at nine, correct? Yes. Okay. I want you to just reflect back to me what you heard. My start time's nine. No, that's not what I said. I said, you're going to build in these habits. What do you need from me? So let's talk about this. What time do you need to leave your house? Talk to me about your process when you leave your house. Oh, I leave my house at 830. Then I stop at 7-Eleven and get a big gulp. Then I need to put gas in my car and what have you. You as a coach, you as a leader, you as a boss can provide that feedback. You can provide that coaching of saying, yeah, your timelines are a little off. Let me help you with time management. So now I see where the breakdown is. You don't have the intention of being late. You're not trying to be disrespectful. So again, you have that conversation and really being clear. And then you have check-ins with them again and acknowledging them like, great job. I see that you were here five minutes early today. How does that feel? Wasn't it great not to come in here all stressed out with me breathing down your neck? And you check in with them consistently because you're just, you're flaming and infusing for them to continually to do this. And it's worth it. Some people will say, well, I'm, I don't want to babysit people. I'm like, well, you can call it babysitting or you call it coaching, call it whatever you want. But if the person is responding in a positive manner and they are growing and up-leveling from it, I think it's a phenomenal use of your time because if you have to fire them and then go back out into the marketplace to hire someone mm -hmm. and they have 80% of what it's taken, but there's these things that are really impacting the business and the rest of the team. It's worth it for you to have a five minute conversation every day to check in on it. Definitely. Well, it's worth it. It's worth it for them to have a better output. It's it's worth it for you to have that person there and make it work with them as well. I think those are really great. And so just kind of to wrap everything up with hiring and firing and maintaining a, a good like workplace environment, what is one tip that some any entrepreneur can kind of implement today within their team that will that will make their overall culture of their hiring of everything a better a better um a better time for everybody. Yeah, I can say the greatest tip is to shift your mindset. Your job as an entrepreneur, a business owner, when you are employing people, whether it's virtual, contract, doesn't matter, even more so, they need this as well. It's your job to grow people up. Mm -hmm. It is your job to invest in people. And so often the biggest frustration of entrepreneurs is I don't have time to babysit people. I don't have time to train people, to manage people, what have you. But shifting your mindset and investing, the greatest tip that you can do is do a daily huddle with your people. It doesn't have to be more than 15 minutes, either at the start of the day or the end of the day to get really treat it like your locker room huddle before you're going on the Super Bowl playing field. It's worth your time because at 15 minutes that you invest, I can guarantee, and I know because I've tracked and measured it, you're probably spending three hours at night either sending emails or having come to Jesus meetings or what have you throughout the day. So it's the best way to leverage your time to keep your team engaged and empowered and also to stop that revolving door and that vicious cycle of hiring, firing, and sit-down meetings. Mm, yeah, that mindset shift is huge. 
Okay, Molly. So I normally, I ask everybody three final questions that come on my podcast. So I know we talked about the first among equals, but what is your favorite resource? I know you wrote a book, um, multiple books. Like what is your favorite resource for people surrounding this topic? My favorite resource is a book called Crucial Conversations. Crucial Conversations. Yep. Write it down. (laughs) And so the next question is kind of a little bit more of a fun one is... So if you were to be able to have dinner with anybody dead or alive, three different people to have just a conversation, who would your three people want to be? Tony Robbins, Brene Brown, and Elizabeth Lesser. Ooh, that's a powerhouse crew. Yes, very cool. And there's people that are all over the book. Some people will be like my grandma, like some people are like the Mona Lisa. So (laughs) that is a a great one. Um, And then lastly is what is your biggest tip for any entrepreneur in any part of their business? What would you say your best tip is for them? My best tip for them is you have got to own your morning and start with grounding yourself Mm -hmm. in the morning, exercise, meditation, journaling, getting really clear on your goal setting. Um, Tony Robbins does a phenomenal, he calls it the breakfast of champions. I cannot say enough. It's a game changer and it really changes the way that you walk into your office or walk into your Zoom room or wherever you are in your business because you are very clear and grounded in your intentions and your triggers and your reactions to things are so much less than if you already walk into the office running in hot on two wheels and your gas tanks depleted. Mm, yes, you can, you can't pour from an empty cup. I love that too. It's, you yeah. really do need to have that time. Even mornings are awesome. Even if it is something at night that you do just to kind of rejuvenate yourself because uh, your business is only as good as the amount of energy that you can give to other people too. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, Molly, thank you so much. Where can people find you? What do you have going on? I know you have a, have some books coming out. Uh, just give kind of everybody your 411. Yeah, absolutely. So you can go to my website, hiringandempowering.com, and you can subscribe. Every Tuesday, I drop a new blog uh, or a new podcast. Every Thursday, I drop a new blog. And also, you could download my book, Entrepreneurs in uh, Entrepreneurs World, How to Get Your Employees to Step Up and Lead. And I give you an eight-step process to really tie a bow on everything that we talked about today. Awesome. Molly, thank you so much for being here, chatting with everybody. It was so great to have a conversation with you. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, Busy Bee fam, that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, hit the subscribe button to be notified. I put out a new episode every Tuesday, so get excited for those all about business, branding, and social media marketing. You can get all sorts of tricks on how to grow your small business. Hang out with me on Instagram at thisishive. I put out a lot of other content out on there. Leave a review and let me know which topics you're liking the most, what you're loving about the podcast. And if you do want to share with your audience on Instagram, I love when I see what you guys are thinking about the podcast on your story. So definitely share that, tag me in it, and I cannot wait to see what episodes you are loving the most. As always, it was a pleasure being here with you. I will see you next Tuesday.